Welcome to the Relevant Podcast. I'm Nathan Jones with my co-host Alex Lewis. Uh, double trouble weekend apparently here. We had a guest earlier on today and now we have a man from the future, Mr. Michael Janda. Uh, Michael is uh, coming to us live from Australia, I believe, correct? That's right. Great Michael, to be here, guys. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. Michael, uh, Alex is pretty well acquainted with who you are and what you do, and I'm not real acquainted. He kind of gave me a little bit of backside, and I kind of looked it up a little bit. But for those who absolutely have no idea who you are, go ahead and just tell these lovely people who you are. Sure. Well, I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a father. Uh, I'm a coach, and I have a passion for helping other people improve. That passion began when I was 17, and I became a personal trainer. And these days, now kind of since the pandemic, it's been more a matter of mentoring and helping other fitness professionals to impact more lives, to help more people experience good health, experience more energy, all the things that we all want to do as uh, fitness professionals. So really enjoying that and loving it. And it's given me a pretty good, it's given me a pretty good life. So I'm, I'm quite grateful. You mentioned the pandemic there. Uh, how has life in Australia been? Uh, post-pandemic or during pandemic or now that you're kind of hopefully getting back to normal over there. I, Alex and I, we'd heard some stories and I think Alex had kind of told you or you'd kind of told Alex what was going on over there. And for, yeah. the, for what you can and can't tell us, how's how's Australia? Well, now it's good. It's, it's more or less back to normal, uh, but it was a couple of years of um, a couple of years of, of challenges, you know, lots of Lots of lockdowns, lots of rules. Um, you know, pretty pretty strict. Um, I think Melbourne. I mean, that's not where I live, but one of the cities, Melbourne, had some of the worst lockdowns in the world, which was pretty bad. I have a good friend who's down there, so he 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 kind of struggled through that. And yeah, it was interesting to watch it all unfold. But I'm grateful that it's all back to normal now. You know, it was a it was a rough couple of years for everyone. How was your uh, business impacted during that time period? I mean, I know you probably saw a lot of people struggle mentally, physically, emotionally. Like, so did your business kind of take off a little bit during that time? Or did you just really have a hard time trying to get people to actually invest in something like your service? Well, it's interesting because, uh, you know, most people really struggled during the pandemic, but I was, I was pretty blessed. I was able to, I was able to kind of double my income by, by pivoting into a new field, so to speak. Um, when the pandemic hit, I was still training clients in the gym. I was still strength coaching, health coaching, personal training. Um, I had a full book of clients, which I, you know, that was my, my, my business was pretty consistent for over a decade in the gym. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like all of a sudden with no warning gyms everywhere are closed as well as everything else. So that was, uh, challenging to kind of, um, I guess for me it was it was mentally challenging. I, I kind of couldn't believe that something like that was happening. And it was kind of hard to and you know, everyone has their own opinions on this, but I kind of thought I kind of thought the whole thing was a little bit um surreal and uh kind of unnecessary, right? So it kind of felt a bit yeah, it, 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 something felt off about it, right? Something felt off about it. I kind of I, I felt very demoralized, didn't know what to do because you know everything was kind of put on hold. I took I successfully took about half my clients online for the first time. I know a lot of people went online, you know, 
uh, earlier than that. But I kind of preferred being in the gym and, and having that face-to-face interaction, which is ironic because now I'm completely online. But but anyway, I took about half my clients online. That was okay. And during that time, I was talking to a guy called Will Schiller and Alex, you know, Will. Um, Alex worked, I worked with Alex inside of Will's program. Um, and I was talking to a guy called Will and he he was running a business called New Age Coach. New Age Coach helps fitness professionals take their business online. Um, so he was actually talking to me pre-pandemic to kind of try and get me as a client. But what ended up happening was um, he, he ended up hiring me to join his team because he, he kind of liked my experience. He liked the fact that I already had, you know, over a decade of experience as a trainer in the industry, which was pretty rare to find. Most of the guys that Will comes across have kind of between one or two years to about five years experience, but have finding guys with kind of a decade or more experience was pretty rare. So, um, yeah, I was able to, I was able to get a gig with, with Will and, um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about the online side of things and the business side of things, because even though I, even though I teach business now, um, I don't consider myself a business guy. I consider myself a health and fitness guy and a coaching guy. So I was able to learn a lot from Will to fill the gaps in my understanding of um, how to create content, how to build an audience, um, how to do all those things that you need to do in order to successfully generate a client base in the online fitness world. And so um, I started out doing some appointment setting. So I learned about how to DM prospects, how to build relationships to the point where someone's happy to get on a sales call with you and learn more about what you do, right? And that was a valuable skill to learn. So I did a bit of that for him. That went well. I got pretty good at it. So I started teaching it in his program. Then I started doing some sales um, and some closing. Then I started doing some co-coaching. So by the end of my time at New Age Coach, I was kind of, um, I was doing some setting, some closing and some co-coaching, which was awesome, a great learning experience. And it allowed me to essentially double my income during the pandemic instead of having to just kind of wait it out like everyone else. So I I felt extremely blessed, but at the same time I was very concerned uh, and I was still, I became a father in 2020 at the same time as all this was going on. So 2020 was a very pivotal year for me. It was, it was a very interesting year and it was a big, it was a big turning point for me in a lot of ways, you know, some good, some bad, but it was challenging, but uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of catapulted me to a to a new level in my career, which I'm really grateful for. Did the when you went online and you said you really like to obviously train people in person, was it weird at first and like you just kind of had to like really navigate the waters, or did you just try to take what you had done face to face with people and really apply that to the online world, just in a different setting, obviously. Yeah, so I'd grown I'd grown quite accustomed to um, selling fitness and selling health and selling my services in the gym, so I was quite good at that. So then I kind of realized that um, it was more or less the same thing, just in a different format. And I've always been I've always been quite good at building relationships online, um, just not within the context of work. Um, some of my best friends. Uh, I have known for over 20 years and they are from Alaska and I met them when I was a kid playing, playing video games online. Right. And I just, most people, when they play video games online, you just kind of play for a bit with strangers and then see you later. Right. But I always made a point to kind of 
learn a bit about um, and, and connect with the guys that I was playing with. And yeah, I formed some pretty great friendships that last to this day, you know, over 20 years later. So that was pretty awesome. And um, I think those skills that I developed at a young age in that environment have really helped me um, with what I do now. Alex, you got anything? Uh, not at the moment. You keep rolling. <laughs> You're doing good. I I, uh, I think it's funny that you said you learn a lot of those social skills by playing video games because when you talk to like clients that are of an older generation, they don't understand the whole video game scene and how people could even make relationships online. They just have a really poor, oh, yeah. they have a very poor image of like what happens in the video game world, like the Twitch world, for example, or the YouTube world or like, and I tell them, I'm like, well, that's the number one growing profession that kids want to be in the world is like some kind of in person or like face to face YouTube or like some kind of Twitch service or anything like that. And like when you say that you learned those skills from video games, I think that would shock a lot of people or just how to build good relationships with people you don't know through video games. Cause I think a lot of people don't have that perspective. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I often have this thought and it's kind of interesting. Um, like, I don't know how old you guys are. I, I think you're around the same age as me. I'm, I'm 34. I grew up in the nineties. Right. So, um, so I think about this all, all the time where we're kind of the last generation to to grow up at least some of our childhood without the internet and then the internet kind of came into mainstream as we were reaching kind of young adulthood and then late childhood um so i feel like yeah, we're, we're we're a very unique generation because uh we kind of know what life was like before but we also know what life is like you know post and we were able to uh develop those skills when the internet was still fairly new but so i think it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty great advantage to have whereas if you're you know if you were already you know 40 or 50 years old when the internet came around it's kind of a bit harder to grasp it's like it's like teaching an old dog new tricks so to speak yeah that's that's tough for sure sometimes like when you try to get people to download a training app like oh all your workouts yeah. are here on the training and they're yeah. like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do all that. Can you just tell me what to do? I'm like, I mean, yeah, I'll tell you what to do. But like, we still, it's easier for me to just track it and log it inside the app. If you'll just do that for me. Yeah. So there's definitely. Dang, like, damn it. Yeah. What's this newfangled technology? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious to watch people navigate that sometimes. What, uh, what games were you, what games were you kind of caught up on as a young kid? Like, what were you, what were you into? Uh, well, in the early days when I was like. In, in in as you guys would call it, junior high, so kind of seventh and eighth grade, it was Diablo two. Oh yes, two. Um, yes, yeah. And met my best friend. Went, met one of my best friends, Morgan, uh, playing Diablo two when I was like 12, 13 years old, and he's still one of my best buddies now. And uh, and then a couple of years after that was World of Warcraft in high school, and so <laughs> yes, yeah, oh yeah, pretty heavily addicted to that. Oh like, yeah, I gotta say, goddamn. <laughs> it's so funny i actually my brother got really into the world of warcraft i never fell into that one i did fall into the diablo trap though that thing holy cow that, oh, was, man. that was the first big computer game that i really got into the endless loop right the, oh. the endless grind. yeah yeah it's like oh i'm just gonna play a new character i know exactly what's gonna happen when i was playing a character yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent. so i mean yeah that's uh and you know, it's still it's still something I very much enjoy now. And I gotta, it's it can be challenging to navigate. Like you gotta you gotta manage your time properly to avoid 
uh, getting hooked and to avoid putting too much time into it. Because I don't know if you guys have noticed when, when you, you know, if, if you play a video game or something similar, you look at the time and it's been like, it's like it can't already have been another hour. It's ridiculous. Right. right? So, um, yeah, this is something that, uh, it's something that training has helped me with, right? So it's it's that discipline of being able to manage things and being able to manage your behavior, being able to manage your time, um, being able to prioritize. Um, and I found that has really helped me in my own life and being a dad and being a business owner. Um, you, need, you need a lot of structure and a lot of discipline. And a lot of, I, I found uh, I get a lot of that from the fact that I've been training for a long time, like ever since I was, I started training when I was 11 and it's always been a big part of my life. And so, you know, I, I love as a, as a trainer, I loved teaching that value to others or imparting that value on others. But also now I've found that helping fitness professionals with their business is kind of an extension of that because I find the same, the same skills and uh, the same virtues that you need to kind of get in shape and take care of yourself, like discipline, patience, resilience, time management. They're all the same things you need to have in place to successfully grow a business, right? You need to be consistent. You need to do all the right things every day, even when you don't feel like it. Um, so, you know, I, I'm really grateful that I got into training at such a young age because it's helped me uh, navigate those things and also now teach those things. Because if I didn't, then I'd probably still be uh, playing World of Warcraft for 10 hours a day, right? Like, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'd be a professional at this point. It sounds like you have the ability to to become pretty special in whatever it is you do. That's for sure. Did you uh were you playing any sports when you were growing up? Like what was big sports wise or do anything like that growing no, up? No, man. Um no, I I wasn't into sport. I wasn't interested. And you know, I I wish I was. I, I, I know I know about all the benefits and um I kind of regret not getting into sports at a young age because it would have made me a lot more athletic as an adult because, you know, you know, I'm getting, getting a lot of those, uh, those core skills and, and that, that coordination and um, those, those neural connections and neural pathways in place at a young age would have really benefited me. So, uh, you know, I, I regret not getting into that. I was into video games, right? It was all video games for me. Even, even as a young kid, uh, it was the Super Nintendo, N64, PlayStation, PC, right? All of it, the whole nine yards. So, yeah, I had to kind of, uh, I had to kind of, undo, I had to kind of try and reverse some of that, some of that neglect, right? When I was an adult, and so I trained. Like I said, I, I, I went to the gym when I was eleven because uh, my parents were concerned that I didn't do anything physical, right? So they kind of forced me to go, and I didn't want to, right? And that's how it started. But then I fell in love with it. Um, but I did do some. I did. Just, I did some martial arts in my twenties, and that's something I'm going to get back into soon because I find that's a great way to sharpen the blade, right? And then, um, to make sure you're prepared physically, but also again, just ex exercising some of that discipline uh, and and that consistency and that work ethic and things like that that martial arts tends to bring about. Uh, and I have a lot of clients who uh, are heavily into martial arts, so they're having a bit of a good influence on me. But um, yeah, it's going to be good. Like my daughter is now three, which is unbelievable. Daughter's now three. We've just moved into our into our first family home. We've been moving around a lot while it gets built. So now I'm in a position where I can get into more of that kind of stuff and build a structured routine that works for me. And I know I won't have to move anymore. 
that's that's got to be a nice feeling. Absolutely. With the coaches that you help, you know, because most fitness people are good at fitness, they're not good at business. What are like some of the common things you see that they're really messing up on that are like easy fixes that you're like, you just change this one little thing that would make everything go your way just a little bit easier? Yeah. So I think uh, the, the, the biggest thing is, is poor communication skills, honestly. Um, most fitness coaches are passionate about getting in shape and being in shape and they're good at getting themselves in shape and they want to share that with others and they're good at knowing what to do, but they're not good at communicating that in a way that people are going to care about. So when I say that, I mean things like content, right? I see it's just crap content. That's the most common thing I see content that just doesn't land right? Because it's written in a way or it's, or it's, or it's uh, put across in a way that assumes the audience is going to care as much about fitness as the coach does. And that's, that's just not, that's just not right. There's not, it's not correct. So um, the average person who needs your help as a fitness coach isn't training yet and they haven't been training. And that's why they're in the situation they're in, which is usually overweight, low energy, low confidence. That's the problem they want to fix. So what these guys need to do better is talk about that more. That's going to get their attention. Talk about the problem, show that you understand how they feel in the situation they're in, and then demonstrate how your service is going to help them solve that problem. And that's all you really need to do for most of your content, right? And content's just one example. There's also sales, right? Which I, I love, I love teaching sales and I used to hate sales. I think that's. I think that goes without saying. Most people who uh, are in sales, or most people who have to sell as part of their job or part of their business, everyone usually starts out not liking sales because everyone usually starts out not good at it. But I had a revelation, and this was before the pandemic. This was before I, I, I stepped into the world that I'm in now, because I was already selling uh, fitness for years in the gym, right. And I was selling, I was selling uh, large packages, right? I was selling terms of support instead of individual sessions. And I figured out, um, and, and I learned this from one of my mentors, Mark Buckley from FMA, right? Um, definitely something I recommend for a lot of new trainers is, is the, the FMA Institute. It's fantastic. Um, but I, I realized that sales is simply an extension of coaching. Right. And let me explain what I mean. So when you have a client as a fitness coach, it's your job to lead them through a process, lead them through a journey. And that involves getting them to think differently about their situation. Right. You have to ask them, hey, what are your goals? Hey, how much of that goal can you do now? And how much can you do later? Right. How's that going to fit into your schedule? What's the plan? What's going to work for you? How can you prioritize things so that this unfolds the way you want it to? What are some things you'll have to give up for this to work? What are some things you'll have to do differently? How does the person you want to become spend their time compared to how you spend your time? What does the person you want to become value compared to what you value? These are all things that this is all part of coaching. And if you're not, if you're not asking your clients these things, how do you expect them to change? Right now, where sales comes in is that in the sale, the sale represents the person saying, okay, I'm ready to commit 
to this journey and start this journey and do whatever it takes to reach the outcome that's important to me and to get rid of my problem right now. As I said, most people who are in that situation before they've started, how are they feeling? They're low energy, right? Low confidence, overweight. I mean, I'm I'm generalizing, sure, but this is this is general population. Most people who want, most people who need this kind of help are in that kind of situation before they start. So you can't just assume that someone's going to come to you and throw their money at you, right? They've got a ton of of fear. They've got a ton of doubt. They don't, in many cases, they don't think it's going to work for them. They don't believe that they're actually going to get the outcome. Maybe their doctor just told them they need to lose 30 pounds. But without that belief and without that desire coming from them, they're not going to be a good client and they're not going to take the process seriously. So the investment is is a symbol of commitment from the client saying, I am ready and I'm serious about this. I'm going to do what is needed to get my outcome. Now that is a that, that's a considerable uh, moment for someone. That that's a that's a really um, important moment, and it's not a decision that people make lightly. So, with that being said, the sale is actually the hardest thing that you're ever going to coach someone through. Getting someone to that point where they make that breakthrough and they say, "Okay, take my money. I'm ready. Let's do what it takes. I'm all in." That's a big moment, right? So. If you're not good at coaching, then you're not going to be good at sales and and vice versa. So for the for fitness coaches who might be listening to this, keep that in mind, right? Think about your next sales opportunity as a coaching opportunity. Coach them through the sale. Right? And if they're resisting, don't take it personally. They're not saying no to you. They're saying no to what you're offering them. So make the offer about them and what they actually want. Be realistic with them. Get them to understand that it isn't going to be easy, but it is going to be worth it. And then when there's no stone left unturned, that's when you ask for the commitment. Right? So hope that, uh, yeah. What was what were we kind of talking about again? That was great. So, no, that, we were just talking about the common what, issues that most coaches have with the yeah. business aspect of things. Right, and right. What it's you're talking about is what I try to explain to people. I just don't do it as well as that. Is like, no, there's a bigger thing to this than any of the money even means. Like you're trying to teach people new habits and new things to create a new life for themselves. And that is a long, drawn out process. Yeah, but it's worth it. Right. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so we're talking about communication and it's one of the biggest one of the biggest struggles I see. So thanks for reminding me about that. <laughs> um so there's communication right and like I said that extends across all the areas of business uh and and how to get leads, how to make sales, how to how to how to market yourself, blah blah blah. And then how to actually coach your clients, that's communication as well obviously. But then we've got uh, another common problem I see right? Which is lack of belief. And this is the same problem a lot of people have that stops them from getting in shape. A lot of a lot of your clients as a fitness coach have lack of belief and that stops them. So I tell my clients this all the time. There's two things you've got to have in place to succeed. You have to have belief and you have to do the work. 
And I, I oftentimes I see uh, someone has one but not the other, and it works both ways. Sometimes people work really hard, but they don't really believe it's going to work, so it doesn't work. Right? Have you ever had that happen before? I have. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. You work at something, you work at something, but deep down you really don't believe it's going to work, so it doesn't. And you're like, why isn't this working? I'm working so hard, right? Right. And then, and then vice versa is also true. You can you can believe that it's going to happen. And, you know, this is where, this is the problem with the secret, right? And the law of attraction, the law of attraction is very real, but something like the secret makes it look like all you have to do is sit there and pray and, and, and believe and, and want something bad enough and it will happen. It's like, no, that's half. That's only half the equation. The other half is you have to spend your time and, 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 and spend your attention, which are both like kind of a form of currency, you have to spend your time and attention on the things that align with your belief, that align with what you want. So in other words, you have to roll up your sleeves and do the work. You can't just wish something into existence without spending your time accordingly on on, on the right things that are going to bring it to you. So that I would say that's the other thing that I notice is 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 um lacking either lacking either one of those two aspects yeah. there, either lacking the worth ethic, work ethic or, or lacking the belief. So, yeah, those are the biggest uh, those are the biggest kind of um, shortcomings I see, and those are the biggest things that I teach. Those are the biggest things that I help people overcome because it can be it can be hard when you don't have, say, belief in yourself. That can stem that can that that can be a deep wound that can take it can take some serious introspection to to really heal that and and come to terms with it and let it go because you know. We, we we all go through the the school system these days, which is you know, it's fucking us all up, right? <laughs> uh, and we all we we live in a society where uh, we have more distraction, we have more comfort, we have more convenience, um, we have you know very little like we don't have rites of passage anymore. Um, we're, we've insulated ourselves more than anyone in history, right? No other generation could just sit at home and still be okay. But now you can. So it's, it's not good for you. And so uh, with, and that's why I love health and fitness because health and fitness teaches us core principles that help you understand that, hey, it's still important to pick yourself up and, and go and do something worthwhile, even though you're surrounded by junk food and Netflix and porn and drugs and whatever you want. You got to choose to go do stuff that's worthwhile. That's, that's the hard part, getting people to make a different choice than it's hard. Yeah. It's like convincing people to walk in the gym. I tell them is the first step. That's the hardest step. It's like, once I've convinced you to get to the gym, the rest of this becomes, it's not necessarily easy, but at least it's all, we've got a plan. Like we're going to actually have somewhere we want to go, but I have to get you here first. And I think a lot of people try to work too, like work harder, not smarter towards that goal. Like you talked about how there's two sides to that equation. It's like, well, everyone just thinks, and Alex has talked about this. If I work really, 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 really hard at whatever I want to work really, really, really hard at, I'm just going to be rewarded with whatever it is. But it's like, no, you, you got to have like some actual like filling to what, what you're talking about. Like you got to actually have some, some substance to what you're talking about. So, it, mm-hmm. man, but 
getting people in the door is the first the first step. That's always the hardest step, I feel like. 100%. And it goes back to what I was saying about the sale. It's the same the same thing. Um, it's the taking that first. It's the decision, right? Once, once someone makes a decision that they're going to have the thing they want, that's it. That's like that's that's it and think about sales as um you know when you're selling coaching especially um the decision is is what the investment represents how do you like that's it i'm doing it how do you get people to shift their mindset to i'm just paying someone to train me instead of this is an actual investment into the well-being of my life. What is the biggest flip of like the switch that people need to make? Like trying to convince people you're investing in yourself. You're not just being like, oh, I'm paying this guy to like make me feel good for 45 minutes and then go home. Like how do they how do you get people to flip that switch in their minds? Well, from a coaching perspective, um, it's about remembering what you're actually selling. Right. So if you sell sessions and if you sell programs, that's what people are going to buy. And usually they won't be willing to pay that much for it, which is why, again, most trainers, most coaches struggle with sales because they, they, they lose sight of what they're actually selling. As a coach, you're selling solutions to problems and you're selling outcomes. So that's what 80% of your communication should be about. Yeah. That's- Make that Make that simple shift and uh, watch everything change. That's my biggest struggle. Alex, Alex would tell you that. That's like, it's like, dude, you're not selling the stupid training, you dumb dumb. Like, you're not selling the training. No one cares about the training. You're selling solutions to problems. If they have joint pain, if they have, if they're overweight, if they want to get stronger, it's like, yeah, you're going to use training to do that, but you can't sell the training package. You have to sell them on the life change. Tap into the emotional side of them. Yeah, I, I can speak to that a bit too. Um, I mean, think about it this way. If if I say, okay, Nathan, I want to build you a house, right? I'm going to use the best nail gun. I'm going to use the best hammer. I'm going to use these awesome screws, the best <laughs> screws. Right? Do you give a fuck? No, absolutely not. No, what, what do you care about? What the house is going to be like. Yeah, what's the house going to be? How big is it going to be? Mm-hmm. Right? How many bathrooms does it have? How many bedrooms has it got? Right? How, what's the yard like? What are my kids going to be able to do in, in the living room? Like, you know, what's the kitchen like? What kind of stove have I got? That's what you care about. Where is it? You know, where, where is it located? Like all this stuff. Uh, what kind of what kind of memories am I going to be able to make with my family in the house? What kind of stuff am I going to be able to do in my, in the house? What kind of view does it have? Right. Are you thinking about the experience of living in the house and what and how that's going to be valuable to you? That's the value. It's like the actual living in the house is the valuable thing for you. That's the, that's the experience. That's the outcome that you want to pay for, right? So stop trying to sell tools. Like, yeah, the nail gun is important, right? But it's my job as the builder to just use that thing. You don't have to know about it or care about it. As long as I'm doing my job, I'm building the house. That's the thing you care about. So you don't have to tell your clients, or you, or you don't have to, you don't have to broadcast to your audience in your content about how you know 
GBC programming works, or you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to tell them about uh, why why you need to um, eat more protein, right? For example, or this is what everyone posts about. This is the stuff that everyone posts about, and it's like, yeah, that's you know, that's. It, I'm not saying it's completely useless to talk about that stuff, but it sh- it, sh- it should be. Most people are doing eighty percent of that stuff, and twenty percent of of the why. Make it eighty percent why, and twenty percent what. Most people have, most people have to uh, flip it around, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, joint pain. Um, you mentioned joint pain, right? Like some, yeah, someone comes to you with joint pain. Don't just zoom in on it either. This is the other thing. Zoom out. Don't just say, "Hey, um, how would you, you know? How would you like us to get rid of that knee pain?" Yeah, yeah. You you know, imagine if your knee's not hurting anymore. Yeah, great. And and you just keep talking about the knee. Zoom out. It's like, hey, can you imagine playing with your kids without your knee hurting? Hey, can you imagine not having to, uh, you know, take take ten minutes to get out of bed every day because your knee's just screaming at you? Can you imagine not having to sit in the car on the way to work with your knee hurting, and every time you get out of the car, it just kills you? Really paint the picture for them. Hey, what does what does getting rid of the problem look like within the context of your day to day life? What's where's the value? That's what's. And then if it's like, wow, I can imagine running around with my kids. And if I have a three-year-old, I have a three-year-old, right? And she's never going to be three again. So if I have back pain right now that's stopping me from chasing my daughter around and stopping me from wrestling my daughter and stopping me from picking up my daughter, I'm losing time. She's not going to be three again, right? If I wait till she's seven or eight until I fix this back, she's not going to want to wrestle anymore. She's not going to want to run around in the yard anymore. Or whatever you know you know what i'm saying yeah yeah that's what people are always excited to tell you i like when people come to me and they're like man you know we started and my knees were really hurting but like i've been traveling a lot I, I get i get to where i'm going and my knees don't hurt when i get out or my hips don't hurt when i get out in the car and like i feel better when i'm around my grandkids more it's i i you that one's a huge one like you get a lot of people i get a lot of older clients they're just like just want to age gracefully so that i can enjoy my grandkids so much and then it's like I got my conditioning back, you know, I feel like I can breathe or play in the yard or, you know, so all of that stuff is super powerful. They're like you said, they're not going to be like, what did I, what did I PR again on the other day? Like, like Alex and I and uh, other people we're like, we love PRing and we love lifting heavy weights and stuff like that. But that's not a majority of why people seem to come to the gym. It seems like, so it's, it's good yeah. to create that. It's like, uh, like Ben Pakulski, you know, Ben, Benjamin Pakulski. BPAC. Yep. yep. I'm going to have to yeah, look BPAC. him up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you'll be glad you did. Okay. He has some, he has some great stuff. Um, amazing stuff for hypertrophy. But he he has a quote he, he has a quote that I'll never forget, and I'm going to try my best to put it in the best way because I can't remember it word for word, but I know the what he's getting at, you know. He says that um, when you go to the gym, when you lift weights, the weights are simply a tool right? The weights are simply a tool for an outcome. Again, this is funny because it stems from what we were talking about a minute ago. But if I do, let's say, you know, to use the most basic example, if I do a bicep curl, um, 
it's not about how much weight I'm lifting. It's about how I'm using that weight to get an outcome. Right. So in other words, it's not about, oh, I can do more weight. Oh my God, I can curl so much weight. It's about, no, am I using this weight to get the correct outcome that I'm looking for, which is hypertrophy of the bicep. Right. So it's like, yeah, I can, it's like, yeah, I can curl 40 pounds, but am I going to get a better outcome from curling 40 pounds with crap technique for, for, for five reps or curl? Or am I going to get a better outcome from curling, you know, 25 pounds for eight reps with great technique and good tempo and good contraction and, and, and what have you. So weight is a tool for an outcome. So it's like, um, that's, that's, I think that's a good message for people who are maybe intimidated about coming to the gym or maybe discouraged because they feel like they can't lift very much. It's like, you don't, it's not about lifting a lot, right? Especially for general population, general population. We want to, we want to see improvement. That's it. Because it's about what they're experiencing outside the gym, right? Getting a PR. Yeah. Great. But that's just a, that's just a test of how strong you are. It's like how strong are you? Okay, let's test it. It doesn't actually mean anything outside the gym. As long as you're again enjoying a high quality of life, being able to do the things you care about, not in pain, not not feeling like your your body can let you down at any time, not feeling like you have no energy. That's what it's about, and the gym is just a vehicle to get there. You think people are just then <laughs> social media might play into this too. Like there's so many meme accounts out there and so many terrible things that people see on the internet about gyms. And they're just like, they're like, that's what's ingrained in their head about what the gym experience will be. Like, do you have a lot of clients that are like that? Cause like I have people walk in and they're always like, well, this isn't what I expected at all. Like this isn't the experience I expected. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know what gyms you have been to in the past, but like, this is pretty normal. If you go to any really good coach, like we're, we're here to help you and we're going to do a really good job of that. It's pretty, pretty structured, but like, you know, you see the gym meme accounts, people like bungee jumping yeah. off of cable cords and whatever they're doing. But do you have a lot of clients yeah. that just have that fearful mindset from that stuff? Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I don't anymore because I don't really work with uh, many, many, you know, training clients these days. I have one or two, but right. uh my clients these days are, are all coaches and trainers, but, but yes, I have come across, uh, in my career, I've come across a lot of, a lot of that fear, a lot of people really scared and hesitant to come in. Um, and then I, I really have to, you have to be really gentle and have to really hold their hand through a lot of things and help them get, get through that initial intimidation that they feel. Right. Cause people don't want to feel intimidated. It's a shit feeling, isn't it? Right. It's yeah. like one of the worst feelings. Yeah. So for sure. Um, so it's great that you guys, um, it's great that you guys help people get through that and help people feel at home. Um, and I think one of the ways that we can counteract that, counteract, you know, as you say, the meme culture is you need to be producing content that, you know, counteracts it. You need to be, and, and again, this, this comes, it comes, we keep coming around full circle, right? It's, it's about the communication, communicate the right message to the audience to get the outcome that you want, which is to 
the content should give you an opportunity to help people. So you need to make content that people are going to not be scared away by, but they're going to be like, oh, wow, yeah. So a good place to start is always the problem. So in this case, let's apply the same formula. The problem is intimidation. I'm intimidated to go to the gym. Okay, make a make a content piece about that. Relate to that pain point. Paint a picture of what that looks like, right? Maybe tell a story. Hey, you step into the gym, right? You look around. There's people who are really jacked doing all these exercises, and and you don't know what any of them are, right? You you feel you feel lost. You just feel like going home, right? It's it's, it's intimidating. But but what if I told you that? You know, it doesn't have to be that way. What if I told you that everyone in the gym is just there to work on their own goals, right? What if I told you that they were actually they'll actually encourage you to to start your journey and do do your best? And then you can highlight the value the value of getting a coach. This is why it's important to get a coach, right? Because it is intimidating when you start. It is overwhelming, right? It's ignorant to think that you can ignore something for decades. And then suddenly just pick it up in a matter of weeks without any help from a coach, without any help from anyone. It's it's very naive. And this is how this is what most people assume. It's like a subconscious assumption they have that they'll just they'll just be able to go to the gym and everything will be fine. It's like, no, you you've you've there's a lot to learn and it's valuable to get guidance. It's valuable to get some support with that. So content has to communicate all those things. Right. Alex, got anything? Just kicking it over there, kicking it old school style, lean back. Yeah, I'm doing what you did this morning. Well, this is a good trade off. I know I couldn't get in this far. You said you and Anthony went crazy, but that's that's good stuff. But um, when when you're talking about pain points and things like that, is is that a big realization for most of the coaches you deal with? Like, do they not understand? Like, oh, these are the bigger things that we're actually trying to to take care of here, as opposed to, hey, let me show you how to squat perfectly. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like textbook, right? It's, I'm getting really good at it because um, it's, it's always the same. I'm not, I don't want to say always, but uh, with, with vast majority of clients, they're always having these same struggles and it always stems from communication. So, so, um, so I made a, I have a private group where I, I go live a lot and I share a lot of this kind of stuff and um, it's called building relationships and solving problems because that's that's what I've narrowed down the whole coaching business is is kind of can be narrowed down to those two things building relationships and solving problems so it's it's your communication is going to help you be able to do those things you can't build relationships if you can't communicate and you can't help someone solve a problem they have without communication as well so it's a it's a is a huge common thread um that yeah, I, I almost always find myself uh, working working with guys and and you know my clients to try to to try to improve their skills. It's always a huge focus, a huge main focus of my coaching. I'm going to tell you right now that sounds like a great name for a podcast. So if you have any free time and you want to make easy content to get sales, you could just talk about this shit for 20 minutes, and I'm sure it'd come flooding in. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, I I plan on it. I plan on it. Because like I try to get people to understand, and they're like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? It's about doing this." And I'm like, "No, no, like you're missing the whole point. Like that's that's not what this is. Like this is a vehicle to deliver the re- outcome that that person wants. It has nothing to do with how you how you're delivering it. Like totally. if, you, 
Uh, I always like, you know, everyone talks about the vacation. No one talks about the trip, right? Traveling sucks. It's not very fun. Yeah, like if does. I was going to come to Australia, that's going to be hell on a plane for, oh, I don't even know how many hours. Right. And then you got to wait for your body to adapt oh, and yeah. all these other things. And, <clears throat> yeah. But I've done it a bunch of times. Um, <laughs> I've been to Alaska to visit my buddies uh, five times. Um, and yeah, it's like 15 hours across the Pacific from LA to <laughs> Sydney. Um, and if you want to go and you guys are East coast, right? Are you guys in what Boston or something? Oh, he's in Missouri. I'm in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So we're like in the middle. Oh of yeah. Country. Colorado. I always, man, Alex, I always think you're on the East coast. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I swear to God. Right. Cause always... I'm up at 3am here. So it's like, I'm <laughs> up at East coast time. It's what it's like. <laughs> yeah, man. I always, I always end up, uh, I just keep thinking you're on the East coast. I don't know why, you know, sometimes with certain things, your brain just keeps doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's even when we were working together two years ago, um, I, I I kept just defaulting to, to to East Coast. I don't know, man. I think you just strike me as a guy who lives in all in those New goddamn Oregon. Americans are on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, all yeah. we see in the news is all the East Coast people. Right. Yeah, but if you want to go to if you want to go to if you if you do live on the East Coast and you want to go to Sydney, it's like you got to fly from New York to LA, uh, yeah. and then you got to go LA across the Pacific. So it's like mm. you know, it's like a good it's like a good. 20 to 30 hours of travel. Jeez. Have you ever uh, thought about coming to the States, residing in the States, or is just Australia is where it's going to be forever and always, or you ever thought about relocating maybe? Well, not anytime soon. Cause we just moved into a, right. to a house that we, that we, that we've been building. And that's, right. this has been a, this has been a long ass process. <laughs> it's been a big, a big, it's been a long road. And my wife has been a legend. She's been absolutely, uh, phenomenal she's been she's been the administrator for this whole thing you know, she's dealt with the the brokers the builders the the banks you know she, she's been fantastic so i've been able to just focus on my business and um i mean as much as i can with all the moving around but yeah she's been uh, absolute legend and it's so great to be here it's it's a it's a great place um we're in a little tiny we're in a we're in a little town on the mid north coast of New South Wales. So it's like halfway, kind of roughly halfway between, between Sydney and Brisbane. Um, it's a little town called Nambucca Heads. And there's kangaroos on our lawn. Like, can you can you think of anything that's more stereotypically Australian <laughs> than that? Seriously. I'll send I'm you guys. Assuming they're not videos. very nice though, are they? They're not probably very friendly animals, are they? Well, they they're just kind of skittish. Uh-huh. But there is a there's, there's there's from what I can tell there's like three or four different ones. Um, there's like a couple of females that hang around, and they actually came up the other day and looked in our window, and I was like, because you know they always come out in the morning and then they they kind of go away and come back sometimes, so they're not always there. But they were there in the morning, and I said, oh, the kangaroos are there, and then a, a few hours later, my wife was like, my wife came into the kitchen and said you know, are the kangaroos there? And I said, I don't know. And I looked over and, and they were looking right in the window, <laughs> like, which, which is hilarious because wow. there's just, there's just dirt. We're not lands. We haven't landscaped yet. So there's just dirt outside the window and they've come up on the dirt and they're looking in the windows. So I was, it was amazing. And then they just quickly ran away. Oh shit. And they run away. Um, but there's a big male one that comes and hangs around. He's huge. He's like, he's like bigger than me. So he's, he's, he's a big, he's a big boy. And, um, 
yeah, he, he's there a lot of the time. But it's just, I can't believe it, man. It's right in the middle of town here. We're kind of we're kind of in town, but we're surrounded by uh, like a, a big nature reserve. So um, there's tons of wildlife in there, but it's still it's still like walking distance to all the all the, to the grocery store and down to the down to the coffee shops and everything, which is great. And yeah, we're loving it. We're just kind of trying to get trying to get settled in. The house is still pretty bare bones. We've got to get furniture and stuff that we've uh, had to get rid of when we moved around so much during the pandemic and and afterwards. But yeah, it's it's looking good. So uh, we'll we'll be here for a while. We'll be here for probably a while. But who knows, man? If uh, who knows what could happen, right? I mean, we've seen from the last few years that anything can happen. So who knows? Who knows where I'm going to end up? Well, that that's the big part of being online too. You can just be wherever you want to be and how you want to be and when you want to be it. But you and coaches that uh, aren't online, like there's not a lot of, they don't have a lot of online clients or things like that. Would you highly encourage them to move more of their business to that kind of model just because of how things are with social media and how the internet works now? Or, you know, if they want to do more, less of the online, like where, where do you kind of push people as far as like um, when you're coaching them, to be better coaches or do you just take what they are literally like, Hey, I just want to be a better in-person coach or, Hey, I want to be a better online coach. Or do you try to like sway them to be like, Hey, you probably should do this online thing. I don't push people to work with clients online if they don't want to, because it's not for everyone. But what I do, what I do encourage everyone to do is produce content build a brand and build an audience because it doesn't matter what you do. Those things are never going to be a bad thing to have. Right. And, and they are, they are all, um, they can all be monetized. Uh, and the, the more they grow, the more, the more easily they can be monetized. Right. So if I have an audience, if I have an audience of a million people, that's very easy to monetize because I can sell, I can sell anything and then make a, a big profit. Even if even if only one percent of my audience buys it, it's still a big profit, and I can get sponsorships and I can get affiliate links. And once I have that kind of reach, once I have that kind of volume in my audience, I, I just th- then making money it becomes very simple. Um, I just have to produce content that's kind of half decent, and I just have to place place products and and place. Um, you know, sponsorships and whatever in, in the, in the right places and income, income becomes pretty passive. Right. So that's why I encourage people like start now because you don't get to, because that's an extreme example and not everyone's walking around with a million followers. It's pretty rare, but to get there, you have to start. So start now um, and and be humble, right? Keep if you want to have just have a small in-person business, and that's what keeps you happy. Great, but you know, talk to your clients about their experience. Right? Record testimonials. Post about what you're up to. Post about where people can find you. Post about what you do and why you do it. Right. Talk about your your values. Talk about what you would like people to learn so that they can improve. Talk about why you got into it. Right. Tell your own story because the people that you're best suited to help are the people who are currently going through things that you've already been through in the past. 
that's who you're best positioned to lead. That's who you're best positioned to help as a coach. Right. That's when that, that that's that comes into the whole niche thing. Like a niche again, it's another tool. It's just a tool. People say, Oh, you've got to have a niche, you've got to have a niche. Mm-hmm. Having a niche is is just a way to make it easier to build an audience and to make it easier to create content. Because if you know who you want to talk to and who you want to help, then that gives you clues about some things you can do and some places where you can find those people. Otherwise, if I just say, I want to work with everyone, I don't have any strategy. It's like, okay, how am I going to get clients? Well, I don't know. I'm just going to kind of randomly post stuff that's not really talking yet to anyone and just hope that people uh, hope that people put their hand up, but they rarely do because I'm not talking to anyone in particular. But if I decide I want to talk to dads because I'm a dad and I understand what it's like to be a dad and I can understand how, how hard it must be for dads who don't take care of themselves because, I mean, I'm tired. I'm tired from being a dad. I can imagine how tired those guys must be who have never trained and have health conditions and have injuries like holy cow they must be like they must feel like they're almost dead right so that's 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 how uh, yeah so you guys were talking about what what like whether or not I try to push people to go online yeah so the answer is no I don't push them to go online but I do encourage them to do those things which is right. build a brand create content and build an audience because it can never be bad for you to do those things right Try to target target a reel the other day. I think it was Alex Ramosi, and he's like, "You are the niche." I was like, "Well, well, that's fucking. That's that's simple, right?" Like, I saw that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So all the all the things people try to hide, right? Like addiction, um, you know, mental health, uh, mental illness, um, you know, uh, being in prison, all, all these things that people go through that they kind of, oh my god, yeah, I can't talk about that. And then they're kind of ashamed of it. Turns out that those are actually the best things you could possibly talk about in your content. Right? Just be you. It's the easiest thing in the world. Right? But the thing that holds people back is that lack of confidence. Right? They're scared what people will think. So they don't share their story. They don't share it because they're scared that people will judge them. But the people who are going to judge them are not going to be the people who who want to work with them anyway. So if you don't share it, think about how many people who could have benefited from hearing it don't get help. They don't get to be inspired and motivated. They don't get to feel like they're not alone anymore. So you got to you got to flip the script, right? It, yeah. People 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 aren't posting content and they aren't sharing and they aren't they aren't putting themselves out there for the wrong fucking reason. They're not doing it because of what they're scared of, but they forget all about the fact that it's not about them. It's about the people they're trying to help and about the impact they're trying to make. And you should if you if you don't want to make an impact and if you don't want to help people, then you shouldn't be in the business of coaching right yep i was just explaining that to a client the other day i go you think i like to get up at 3 30 in the morning 
They're like, well, yeah. I'm like, no, I do it because I have a responsibility to be able to teach people these things to make their life better. And the best way for me to be able to do that is by working out first thing in the morning. I don't want to yeah. do this. I want to fucking sleep in. Think I like being up before the sun every single day? Not yeah, really. Before the uh, sun's still middle of the goddamn night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, damn, like, and um, kind of circling back to when you were mentioning your wife, how often is it when you're coaching somebody and they have a spouse that makes it say 10 times harder to achieve their goal? Like, how do you navigate something like that with someone and explain to them, like, hey, this person needs to be able to at least be supportive of what you're doing if they're not going to help you along the way, too? Oh man, that's a tough question. Um, I, I haven't come, I haven't come across that a lot. Is it, I mean, I, I do, I do have an answer for it, but I want to ask you, is that something you've come across a lot? Um, I've come across a couple of times, but like I was helping a guy not that long ago who was extremely overweight and had health issues and then come to find out his wife's health issues were even worse. And I'm like, right. Okay. How, okay. how are we ever going to cultivate a good habit of like, say eating good, for example, if the person on the other end of it is also not in a place where they have a good habit either. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's a tough one, man, because it's, it's the crab in the bucket analogy. Have you guys heard that story? Oh yeah, of course. It's the crabs in the bucket, right? So every time one crab tries to climb out of the bucket, the other crabs pull it back in. Right. Um, like for, the, for those of you in for those of you listening who haven't heard the analogy, it's it's you know there was a fisherman there was a fisherman um, fishing off a off a pier or off a, off a wharf, and a little boy walked past and he noticed the fisherman had a bucket of crabs, and he noticed the crabs there was no covering on the bucket it was just a buck an open bucket full of crabs, and he saw one of the crabs start to climb out of the bucket and he said excuse me mister. One of your crabs is escaping. And he said, oh, the old man just kept fishing. He said, don't worry about that. And the little boy said, but, but the crab's going to escape. Anyway, he, he watched. And as the crab tried to escape the bucket, the other crabs pulled it back in, right, every time. So the, the crabs would keep themselves trapped in the bucket. So, um, so that analogy... You know, it it, it's, uh, it represents how when we're surrounded by people who are, like if you're an addict surrounded by other addicts, then you, you're just a crab in the bucket of other crabs. They're just going to keep you, keep you there because they don't want to change because they're attached to, they're attached to the thing they're addicted to. If you try to change and if you try to better yourself and if you try to, change your environment if you try to learn a new skill if you try to spend your time differently if you start to work on yourself those people are gonna tell you it ain't gonna work those people are gonna tell you it's a silly idea those people are gonna discourage you they're gonna ridicule ridicule you and that's something i do see a lot actually um <clears throat> i see that a lot with um with families and and, and co-workers right people at work kind of um taking the piss as we say over here which is like making fun of them and both kind of belittling their efforts and, and kind of joking that it's not going to work and their family you know um telling them it's not going to work and it's 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 extreme and don't do all that nonsense right it's just the crabs in the bucket so so then the question is what to do about it and that's the hard part because it because when it gets to a certain point 
it's like it you you got to do the painful thing of of walking away and then and then beginning the healing process which is extremely challenging right because we're social creatures we depend on safety in in our tribe and so if your tribe is if your tribe is 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 crabs keeping you in the bucket then you got to make the tough decision to kind of leave that tribe and find find a more supportive one and that's you know in some ways it's, it can it can it can be a risk because people don't want to uh like what if i don't find anyone right it's it's understandable for people to 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 be scared to do that but the answer is well keep focusing on yourself because even though we're tribal creatures our survival no longer depends on the tribe like it used to right if you were living in um if you were living in 5000 BC and you decide to go and just leave the tribe and off I go into the jungle I'll be I'll be fucking dead by next week right I'll be eaten by eaten by a lion or killed by an enemy tribe or or you know some other I, I, you can count <laughs> count the ways that I could I could perish but in the modern world I'll still be okay like I can just keep going to work keep paying my rent keep eating whatever food I want keep and spend my time the way I choose to spend my time to to better myself and to rebuild myself and then in time if you're focusing on the right things and if you have the right intention and if you have a vision for yourself then you find a tribe that supports you this is that painful first step of making the decision to distance yourself from people that you've been surrounded by for a long time is 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 challenging and painful it's so important to create good gym cultures that's why i like talking to a lot of people that we talk about or talk to is because every time it always boils back to like their success hinges on the people that they surround themselves with and like the people that train with them the people that they train in general or they coach like that is being a part of that culture or that tribe you're talking about i think that just goes such a long way in getting the results that you want because it's going to keep you coming back to be a, knowing that you're a part of something that's actually positive and not just surrounded by negative all the time yeah, that's a great point. So, you know, running a gym, you guys can you guys can cultivate that that environment where people can feel like, well, this is my tribe. This is where I can go to feel supported and encouraged. People need encouragement, man. You know, they like like we talked about intimidation earlier. People feel intimidated when they start their journey, they feel overwhelmed. And so it's crucial to have people around you that are cheering you on and lifting you up and empowering you and encouraging you instead of telling you the opposite, that it won't work. Right. So that's, that's fantastic that you guys are, are fostering that environment. And, um, and it's something that again, you know, coming back to advice for coaches, make that, make that a core pillar of your brand message, make that a core pillar of your, of your coaching, right? Let your clients, uh, get to know each other, create a community, right? Give your clients the opportunity to support each other instead of just getting support from you. 
give them the opportunity to learn from each other, for them to grow together. And guess what? They'll hang around longer. They're not going to, you know, if they finish yep. their term, if they finish their their package or whatever, they're not going to just leave if they love it so much that they're, they've made friends with all the other people in there and they're getting support and encouragement from all the people in there. They're going to keep renewing and renewing and renewing. Yep. Yeah, it's like uh, it, big or small, it doesn't matter what the win is. Like we have a group chat. We post in the group chat a lot. Like if someone does X, Y, Z or if someone has you know, an event coming up or they have some kind of special life moment, like just sharing stuff that's not even gym related sometimes or like, I, I don't know. I think we're doing like we're trying to put together like a white elephant party. It's like that's not even anything to do with training or anything like that. It's just giving people an, a chance to like communicate and feel included in a community. And man, that that's what really drives my gym. I think the people obviously drive my gym. Um, and they make me want to do my job even better too, as a coach. It's like, oh, oh I, have, yeah. I have to, I have to keep showing up for these people because they're doing an awesome job of showing up here. So, yeah. But do you get that feeling when, when you've just had a great, you know, like say, let's let's say for example, a great group session or a great workshop, or, or you've just worked with with a client who's who's killing it. You, does it like really light you up inside? You know, oh. when you finish, you just kind of have that feel. You just think, wow, like killed it. Wow, you just feel that gratitude and that that excitement. I I just this is I love coaching because it, it it lights my fire when I when I'm on my calls with my clients and I'm and I'm just dropping fire and helping them think differently and helping them make breakthroughs. It just fucking lights me up. I just feel like this like it feels amazing. Yeah, it's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing, and that's why I um. And I love doing stuff like this too because I can kind of bring that up here as well when I'm talking about these themes. I'm passionate about it, right? Because it's so important. Um, the way the world's going, this is the stuff that if every individual understood these concepts and applied them to their life, we wouldn't have half the problems we have in society. Yeah. I So I taught, I was a teacher for seven years and I that feeling that you're talking about, it's like, it was few and far between. It's like, oh, well, I'm just teaching history or whatever. You don't have those like, yeah, like great job moments, you know, or like, oh, man, this gets me fired up getting to talk about civilizations or whatever. Like kids don't care <laughs> about that stuff. So yeah. that's why I liked getting into this whole strength coach profession is because there just seems to be so much more more fulfilling and more rewarding than other professions. Oh, yeah. But yeah. And, you know, strength. I'm, strength is one of my passions, right? Because strength is a metaphor, right? I mean, what a, a physical strength is a metaf- is a metaphor for uh, for overall resilience in life, right? I find strength is a great, again, a tool or a vehicle to um, get you accustomed to consistently and deliberately doing hard things, right? So if something comes along and ruins my day. It's like, well, nothing's going to be more difficult than, you know, deadlifting 400 pounds this morning, for example. Right? It's 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 a great teacher and it builds great toughness and great resilience, which is what so many people lack these days. It is, they, this new generation of kids, especially like, geez. 
Yeah. <laughs> is, is it as bad over there as what it is over here? Or we feel like it is over here? Because we just feel like everyone are oh. snowflakes. There's a lot of snowflakes over here. Yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> and they've been they've been failed by the system. Dude. Oh, they've a thousand been. percent. And, and, and I mean, that's a... That's a Not if the system was designed to it. fail them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a can of worms, right? Yeah. But... It's like, you know, everyone gets a trophy, that kind of stuff. Like, I think... Speaking of being a weird generation, we were the transition where that was not a thing. Right. And then it, like, slowly became yeah, a thing. Exactly. Like I, yeah, like I said, like, kind of earlier on in the in the podcast, we, we are part of quite a unique generation because we kind of we experienced, like, the last of um, the pre-internet culture. And now everything just got, everything's just really different and um, in a lot of ways, really damaging. It's it's encouraging weakness, right? It's like it's almost celebrating weakness. And weakness is not a virtue. It's not because we are creatures of the world. We are still creatures of the world. And to navigate the world, uh, weakness is a disadvantage. Right. So that's as, as simple as that. So I mean, yeah, you can be like, yeah, it's, yeah don't it's, it's, don't bully people, right? Great, absolutely, don't be a bully, and help others. But you know, Jesus Christ, try and be someone who uh, other people can rely on. Don't be someone who has to rely on others. If everybody is someone who has to rely on others, what do we have? Right. We have a weak culture. Right. So if you if you tell all the kids it's okay to be weak and it's good to be weak, then they're all going to be weak. Of course they are. It's not even their fault. Right. Yeah. It was we a month ago. Our we have a five month old and we just put her in this cutest baby contest just for fun. We were getting to hang out with our family and whatnot. And she was the only kid in her division. <laughs> so she won the ribbon and won the prize or whatever. And we both looked, because my wife and I, we're very competitive people. Cutest baby in the world. Yeah, That's we looked at each other, though, and we go, <laughs> this just, just feels like, we both are just like, no, like, this is not okay. And we're like, in future reference, if she's the only one ever in a division, just like, don't put her in it. Like, we're not, we're not starting this now. Like, we're already at like five, she's five months old, and we're like, yeah, we're not doing this whole like you show up and you just get the ribbon thing. And I'm like, holy cow, like she's five months old. She doesn't even know what's going on. But it, it was just funny because we are raised in that competitive culture. Her and I both were. And I think that's kids, just kids, parents, adults. The, the competition in the world is just so it's it's a byproduct now. Like Kids don't want the competition. They don't want to be their best. They don't want to try their hardest like if you try in school now you're like a weirdo or if you try to be a good athlete you're an outcast it's like oh why would you try that's not cool so like i i don't think growing up i ever felt like anyone ridiculed me for wanting to be the best or trying to be the best but now it just almost seems like if you try to be the best people just they just ostracize you so i don't know i don't know what the answer is there but that's, yeah, that's, that's a tough idea. dynamic it's this whole idea that it's never okay to be uh it's never okay to be upset. It's like it's it's like your emotions are sacred and they have to be protected by everyone around you at all times. And it's just it's not realistic or sustainable because 
like you can be upset, but it doesn't change reality. But they create, they're trying to create a world where, yeah, actually reality does have to change depending on your feelings. And it's just, it's totally backwards and uh, it, it's nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. I've seen too much of that lately. You have to because validate it, me because of my feelings. Like, eh, no, yeah, because ignore it, you. It misses the point, right? Stuff has to be done. Like, if you if if there's a job to do and uh, people's lives depend on it, let's say, and someone's upset, so the whole job has to stop because one person's upset. Then what happens? Then the job doesn't get done, and all those people die. I mean, just to give a, a, an extreme example, but that's the kind of stuff that it leads to. Uh, no kidding do you think the pendulum is going to have to swing back the other way at some point because i feel like we've hit like critical mass going into this extra soft and everyone gets a trophy thing because it started when we were kids right and now it's been almost 20 years of this and we've gotten to a point of like oh wait this is not working because the people that it's producing are not actually becoming contributing members of society like yeah so it's almost like now if you are a coach it's your responsibility times 10 to like get these people back on track because they missed the boat. Well, exactly. And that's why I'm in this industry, to be quite honest. Um, that's, that's why I'm a coach because uh, I believe as coaches, we're all coaches here as coaches. That's our job is just to work with individuals to help them uh, kind of, I guess, detox from this shitty thinking and, and learn, learn how to think properly and learn that um, learn what being strong is about. It's not just about being able to lift a car or something. It's it's a it's a virtue, right? Like weakness is not a virtue. Strength is, right? It's not about um, I'm strong now, so I'm going to go beat people up or something like that. It's 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 being able to beat people up, but but not having to do that because because you are. Uh, because you have your shit together, right? You're helpful to others. You're some, like I said before, you're someone that others can lean on. You can protect and provide as you need to. Um, and you're accustomed to doing hard things. So when hard things happen, you can tolerate it and it doesn't fucking destroy you. That's the problem with weakness. If you're, if you're weak, you're just a leaf in the wind. If something hard and, and because the certainty of life is that bad shit happens, it, it, you can't avoid it. Bad shit is going to happen. If you go through life expecting nothing bad to happen and expecting to always be happy, it's going to constantly be disappointed. So weakness leads to, to, to constant disappointment and constant. Uh, you're, you're always upset. So it's like, it's ironic because we, we encourage weakness. <laughs> We're encouraging weakness not where, but society is encouraging uh, weakness to protect people's feelings, but that's just going to lead to them being upset anyway because life is full of challenges by default that they're not going to be equipped to deal with, which is going to lead to them being upset. So why not build some resilience instead, build some discipline, right? Have, have like empower yourself, give yourself some power to change things if you don't like them instead of just being a paper boat in the ocean. Right. Well, it's like that meme I'm sure you've seen. It's like, choose your suffering. Like, do you want to suffer with discipline and hard work or do you want to suffer by not being able to do the things you want to do? And it's like, if you have 
minimal doses of the really hard stuff, well, then the things that inevitably will happen don't even seem like a big deal anymore. And they will. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And they will. They always will. Right. That's that's the other thing that um, I feel like, you know, I feel like we were exposed to that a lot as kids as well is uh, because there's a lot of people, there's still a lot of people in our generation who who struggle with um, doing away with weakness. Like they still, they choose to remain weak, right? Sure. When, because, and I feel like a big, a big part of it is, is, is um, the animated movies we watched, right? I think about this all the time. Uh, I love those movies, right? I think they're great, but I think it's important. I think they miss out on an important point, right? They, they always end with, everything's happy and and that's it right yeah the fairy tale so, i feel like that it lacks depth right it lacks depth because it's not realistic but because we saw so many of those movies as a kid as kids we 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 come to believe that that's what life is that's what you're supposed to aim for you're supposed to aim for everything's always perfect and i'm always happy happily ever after mm-hmm. but that's not that's not the nature of reality that's not how it goes the next bullshit is always around the corner (laughs) that's good yeah there's always something but yeah and you have to be okay with that yeah you get to choose you get to choose how you handle it i mean mentally physically emotionally yeah be ready for it yeah absolutely so strength training is a great way to 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 be ready for it and so um by by working with individuals talking about the pendulum swing right working with individuals to uh, to see the flaws in this way of thinking and to actually embrace strength instead of weakness and to actually see the value in developing discipline and developing resilience and having some patience and 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 you know caring about something and working on it over over time and not and not quitting these kinds of values that most people have missed out on learning in the modern age uh, that that will that will uh, facilitate a pendulum swing in the other direction, right? It starts with the individual. When when you're helping people and, you know, they're, you're going through that, guiding them through the sale portion, and then they tell you, well, I just am so busy at this time, or I have this thing that makes this so difficult and blah, blah. You know how that's more like one of the first ones they go to. If it's not money, it's always, well, I don't know if I can fit it in my schedule. Oh, like, yeah. What's, what's one of the better ways you've found, like, to kind of guide them and show them, like, hey, that's actually the way you're thinking about this. And if you start to restructure the way you think about this, you're probably capable of a lot more than you even realize at the moment. Well, I mean, I usually ask them how long they think these things are going to take, because to be honest, um, I, you don't need to spend more than like an hour a day. If you want to build a successful online coaching business it's, it really doesn't take a lot of time it doesn't have to it's 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 i think people get overwhelmed with all the things they could be doing with all the things they think they need to do it's simply a matter of knowing what the right things to do are and then putting them into your schedule and so once i help people understand that i kind of I think they just freak out because they think they're going to have to do all this other shit that isn't necessary. 
right? Like I'm going to have to make a landing page and I'm going to have to make a website and I'm going to have to, you know, do SEO and I'm going to have, it's like, you don't have to do any of that, right? It's literally just build an audience, right? Start, start producing the right kind of content that speaks to the right people. So now you've got two key pieces in place. You've got audience, you've got people to watch the content and you've got content, right? You work on those two things every day. And then the third thing is just relationships. Actually talk to your fucking leads. It doesn't matter if you're, it doesn't matter what you do. You should be doing that anyway. You've, you've got to, you've got to embrace relationship building as, as something valuable in your life. You got to, it's, it's important, especially if you want to work in health and fitness. If you want to be a personal trainer or a coach, but you don't want to talk to people. Like I have people quit all the time because they don't want to, they don't want to talk to their leads. That, oh, I didn't, I, I, I don't think this is for me, man. I didn't think I was going to have to talk to this many people. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? You want people to trust you to change their fucking life, but you won't talk to them. How are they going to want to give you money to help them change such a fundamental part of their life? Yeah. The only reason yeah, I talk is- to the goddamn camera on Instagram, I just went, this is more people at one time. This is way easier. This is a way more efficient 100%. way to do it. Like yeah. I hate doing it, but oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But I bet you, I bet you used to hate it a lot more before you were good at it. Yeah. I don't even think I'm good at it yet. I just keep doing it. Cause like, <laughs> I know it'll work at some point, like, and it gets more engagement and that's the thing. And, but yeah, no, when you start looking at it as like, oh, you have to be social on social media. Who would have thought? Like it's yeah. not just me. You get rewarded. Yeah. You get rewarded for being social, right? Yeah. It rewards you. You, you know, you go on. If you want followers, you get what you give. I want more followers. Great. Okay. I'm gonna go follow more people. I want more likes on my posts. Okay. I'm gonna go like other people's posts. I want more comments on my posts. Okay. I'm gonna go comment on other people's posts. It's it's not that complicated. What do you think someone's gonna do if they open their Instagram and they see that? you've liked two of their posts and commented on three of their posts. Half your, half their notifications is going to be you. Right. Do you think they're going to at least look at your profile? Oh yeah, for sure. And then what happens, what happens if the first video on your profile is, is, is describing a day in the life of their current situation? That sounds like an inbound lead waiting to happen. Sounds like a, an inquiry waiting to happen. And if not, fucking message them. Just introduce yourself and say hello, right? Don't think about getting the sale for Christ's sake. Don't message them with the intention of getting a client. Message them with the intention of exploring how you can help and seeking to understand this person if i understand them then i'm going to know if there's something i might be able to help with then i can ex- then i have the opportunity to explore if and how i can help because i don't know that i can help everyone right some people might not be in a situation where they want help or need help some people um, might be already getting help elsewhere. Some people might be a shitty client to work with, so I won't bring them on. So they're not, in other words, they're not ready. They're not at that stage in their journey yet. Right? There's all kinds of variables. 
It's almost like if you focus on building the relationships, you can solve the problems. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's precise. Yeah, precise yeah. Right. People just immediately in your DMs trying to sell you something. It's like, I don't even know who yeah, you are. I know. Like, what are we? Yeah. It's hilarious, right? <laughs> I, I find it I find it hilarious because um I get D I get so many DMs each week from appointment setters. They're 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 selling, they're trying to sell appointment setting. And I think they're fake accounts because they're always young women and apparently they always live in LA or London or Paris or New York right. or something. It's, you know, and, and they're always there, it's like there's a formula. Their name is always female first name and male last name. So in other <laughs> words, it might be, oh, my name's Annabelle Michael. My, oh, my name's uh, my name's Lucy Matthew, right? Oh, there, there's always there always a, it's always a, a male last name, like a, a male first name as their as their surname, and and it's always so it's like they're all they're all like clones of each other, and they're all of a sudden so it's like it's so clearly not really this person talking to me right now, um, but their message the first message is always just a straight up cold pitch. And I'm just like, oh my God, the irony, the irony is palpable. It's like, you want to sell me on your appointment setting services by, by trying to sell me in the first fucking message. Right. So appointment setting, for those of you listening who, who aren't familiar with this term that I'm using, appointment setting is essentially just creating sales. It's just talking to your leads right? Whether either you're calling a list of people or you might be messaging a pe people on Instagram or Facebook via DM and, and just, you know, going through this process and talking about talking to them, finding out about if they need help and then booking them on a sales call. And that's how you get, that's how you create sales opportunities and then get sales, right? So these people are trying to pitch me a service where they will talk to my leads for me and create sales opportunities for me. And this is something I teach, right? I, I teach appointment setting to my clients and I've done, I've done a bunch of it myself for other businesses. Um, and yeah, just the fact that they're trying to sell their services <laughs> by sending a cold message with a pitch in the first message. It's like, don't you see the irony? Like it's, <laughs> that's not how you do it. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's not going to, doesn't work that way. Yeah. How do you how do you advise coaches to get over the whole cold reach out or the warm reach out or using people that you know to your advantage? Like, because some people are like, "Oh, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to disturb them. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that." So, how do you coach people to kind of get over that awkwardness of like, "No, you actually do have to reach out and talk to people." Yeah, dude. It's um, it, it all it always comes back to that same uh theme of it's not about you this is one of the most common things that i find myself repeating to my clients and, and in my content right it's not about you it's it's about the mission so that's a big um that's a big shift you can make as a coach to really catapult yourself to that next level of confidence in your field because when you realize that, hey, none of this is about you, it's all about the people you're helping and it's all about the mission that you're on, then everything just becomes so much easier because it gets rid of all that. You have no need for any of that self-consciousness. Self you don't have to feel self-conscious. You don't have to feel um, low confidence. You don't have to feel 
self-doubt. You don't have to feel that imposter syndrome. You know, none of that shit is, is, is not important. It's not useful and it's not true. It's just bullshit that your own ego creates to try to insulate you from a perceived threat. This is basic human psychology 101. Anything slightly new, anything slightly novel, anything slightly outside of your established comfort zone, your ego is going to immediately identify that thing as a threat to your identity. And it's going to stop you from doing it by manufacturing uh, limiting beliefs and and doubts and fears. I like, I like that approach. It's like, I've had to shift my mind of like, Oh, I'm not, I'm trying to help these people keep that in perspective. Like, yes, it might be weird that you have to talk to them and reach out to them and ask them questions about themselves. But if you keep, like you're saying, keep the goal of like, you're really actually trying to help these people into perspective. And that's really what your purpose is for reaching out to these people. Then ultimately you're doing it for the right purposes. So don't feel bad about it because people do the same thing to you 24 seven in any kind of service industry that's out there. They're going to try to sell their service to you and they might not even know you. So I, I have yeah. definitely tried to keep that perspective of like when I do my reach out, if you're, I'm trying to help them, just keep that in mind. You're, I'm trying to help them. Yeah. And um, I guess it's important to remember the order of operations. So um, again, it comes back to the basic human communication. So if you want to, again, it's setting the right intention. So if I talk to someone for the first time, I'm not actually trying to sell anything. It's, it's, it's really important to remember that fact. So if I message my leads, I'm not trying to sell anything because it doesn't make sense to sell anything yet. I don't know anything about these people, right? So the first, the first intention is not try to sell something. That's like going out on a first date and asking the girl to marry you. The first step is learn about her, seek to understand, right? Look for opportunities. Then, then you work your way along the process, right? Same here. The first, the first intention is okay. Let, we need to build rapport. The first step is build rapport. So, what can I connect with this person about? Where they're, they're going to actually care about responding to me? How can I? How can I connect? So it might be showing empathy for something they posted about something bad that happened, or it might be um, if they posted a photo of. If they posted some pictures from vacation recently and, and you, you've been to the same place, you can talk about that. Maybe they post some family pictures. You can talk about that. If you have kids as well, you can bond over that. You can talk about work, right? Free advice for those of you at home who wanted to start getting into some, some appointment setting and generating some leads by just talking to people. Start with work and family, right? There's not very many people who aren't happy to talk about their kids and, and their family and or their career. So you can ask questions like, so, so we're talking in the context of health and fitness, right? So in health and fitness context, you can get to health and fitness through the avenue of work and or family. So it's considered, it's considered impolite. It's impolite if I just come in, barge into your DMs and try and sell you my personal training when you don't even know me. I'm making a lot of assumptions if I do that. 
right? Which is why the DM, which is why it's funny that this center did that to me. It's like she's assuming. So by by pitching me cold off the first message, she's making a lot of assumptions about me. She's assuming that I, you know, that that I have a goal that she's talking about. She's assuming that's my goal without asking. She's assuming that I don't know how to appointment set. She's assuming I don't already have an appointment setter. She's assuming that there's a gap in my revenue and I need help. She's assuming that she knows more about appointment setting than I do. She's assuming all these things off the bat. She doesn't even know anything about me, right? So it's the same here. Don't assume that everyone wants to buy your services. So let's start from work and family, right? Find out about what they do for work, right? So then we can segue into health and fitness because if I'm talking to someone who just told me that they work as an accountant for 80 hours a week, I can assume that they're probably going to have, and I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to make this assumption to them boldly, but I'm starting to think if, if they're working 80 hours a week and they're an accountant, there's probably sedentary for the most of the time they're working right they they're probably it's going to be challenge it's going to at least be challenging for them to find time for health and fitness so that would be my next question like, so first i'll show empathy and i'll 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 give i'll give encouragement say wow that's some hard that's some that those are some big hours right you must be you must be exhausted on a normal week well do you have some kids too yeah i've got three kids yeah my boys are 5 and 7 and i've got a little girl she's 3 Oh, great, man. They must keep you busy as well. Jeez, it sounds like you got a lot on your plate, right? You, you're working 80 hours a week. You've got three kids at home. Is, is, it, is, it, is it hard for you to find time to uh, – is it hard for you to find time for things like exercise? Oh, yeah, yeah, I used to. I used, you know, no, that's when they'll, they'll open up, right? But you see how I did that? You've you got to do it properly, Right? Can't, so can't just walk in the front door with the program. <laughs> got it. Yeah. yeah. Stop, <laughs> stop assuming. Right. And then when people say no, don't take it so damn personal. Yeah. Yep. Just go move on, move on. It's a, if they say no, just move on. Like there's plenty of people out there on, that you can help. But, but also like, but also um, remember that and this is another big, this is another huge point that people forget about the fortune is in the follow-up. Right, just because just because they're not in a position where they need help right now, or just because they can't afford it right now, or just because their spouse isn't going to let them do it right now, or just because they don't have time right now, or whatever it is, or whatever bullshit they say, that doesn't mean that that's just a static situation that's never going to change. Right, I'm sure you guys are experiencing how quick time is going at the moment. Like, I can't believe we're sitting here on, what, for you guys, it's the 11th. If for me, it's the 12th. Fucking 12th of November. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. I remember when it was last November. It seems like last week. Right? So I can look through my spreadsheet and find leads that I was talking to last November. And I can also find leads that I was talking to every single month in between then and now. I can check in on any one of them, right? Some of my clients signed up with me after I was talking to them for two years. 
when I was a trainer in the gym, I had a lady who signed up with me after she, she said she'd been watching my videos for a year and I didn't even know. She was never engaging with it or anything, right? So have patience. This stuff compounds. This stuff compounds. So if, you, if you're consistent over a long period of time, the results compound because the more, so if I, if I talk to 10 people every day, and it might take me 20 minutes to do that, right? Or it might take me half an hour, whatever. If I do it every single day, then you can do the math. How many people am I talking to over the whole year? And how many of those people am I gradually going to build relationships with? And how many of those people am I going to, are going to now be watching my content regularly? And then how many of those people are going to become clients? Some of them will become clients right now. Some of them will become clients next month. Some of them will become clients in six months. And then how many people do they know? Who do they work with? Who's in their family? Who are their friends? How many of those people could I make into clients too? It's all a big fucking compound snowball. But you have to keep working at it because if you stop pushing the snowball, it stops rolling. Right. And then to get it going again, it requires even more effort than it did the first time. The follow the follow up's good. That's really good because if some people don't, if they just don't talk to you the first time, some you just assume that they're done. Like there's not like you said, static. A lot of people just assume that it's over and they never follow up with that person ever again. So that's good. That's good advice exactly. to someone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's why it's good not to push people, right? Don't right. don't be too pushy because you want to you want to preserve that relationship. That's so good. just yeah. So do what. So it's okay to challenge them. If they're, but you have to do it from a place of care. You have to make it about them getting what they want, which is the outcome and the solution, not about you getting the sale. So, hey, you know, so far up to this point, you've been telling me, like, let's say we're in a sales situation, right? And someone's saying they can't afford it. So far, you've been telling me up to this point that this all sounds great and that you're excited to get started. Now I'm, I'm just sensing some resistance coming up for you. Can you help me understand a little bit better about where that's coming from? Is it just the money or are there other doubts or fears coming up right now? Help me understand so that we can work together as a team to give you the best chance of getting the outcome you want here. Right? Just give a shit. And then <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll uncover, and yeah, actually, I kind of I'm, I'm having some doubts that I'll be able to really do this. Okay, great. Well, that's a different issue, isn't it? That's not money issue. Because everyone's going to always say, oh, I can't afford it. It's an easy way out. But if they don't buy your coaching and if they need your help, no one wins if they don't buy. Because they're going to go back to having their problem. You don't get to help them. You don't get paid. And they, they're just going to keep on going on their downward spiral of being overweight and depressed and low energy. So it's okay. So, so my point is, it's important to challenge people a little bit in the right way. But if it's like, yeah, if you've if you've turned every stone, if you've turned every stone over, and you've and you've given yourself the best chance of success that you possibly can, and they and they they ask, they just legitimately maybe they can't afford it right now, then that's that's fine. You want to you want to let that person go, and you want to plan to follow up with them later, and you want to help them build a little plan to be able to afford it. That's good. Right. Yeah. That's good advice. Well, Alex, do you have anything else? Do you have anything? That... 
No, 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 that was good. Fucking over here, just wheels to turn in. <laughs> it's got me thinking. Work. I, I appreciate <laughs> this. And because, you know, Alex and Alex coaches me and like he gives me a lot of feedback. And, and a lot of what you're saying is a lot of what I hear from him. And I'm mm. still I'm still in that growing phase of far as far as marketing myself and talking to people and growing as a coach that can market myself to people and help them in that way. So hearing you say it obviously helps reinforce what he said and and hearing it from a different voice sometimes maybe. No, I'm just kidding. But anyone who's listening, I'm going to repeat this for like the millionth time. None of these ideas are my own. I just know how to (laughs) apply them really well. I don't fucking do anything on my own. Yeah, it's just good. It's good to hear. So I, I appreciate all this feedback and, um, where can where can people if there's coaches out there that want to kind of reach out or use your services? What's the best way that they can get in contact with you or get in touch with you or what the best way that they can do that? Yeah, so um, the best ways are probably Facebook and Instagram. You can add me Michael Janda on Facebook. You can join my group, Building Relationships and Solving Problems. Um, soon to be podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, soon to be absolutely. <laughs> And you can follow me on Instagram at it's at Coach Michael Janda, one word. Perfect. We'll link. We'll definitely. I'll link your Instagram in the description below, and um, we'll put some uh, give some people a chance to click on that to go check you out if you want to. But Michael, is there sure. is there anything else that you want the people to know, or people to anything you want to get off your chest, or any 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 stands you want to stand on to to preach anything you want to preach real quick? <laughs> so you go. Well, I think you, we're. Uh, I think I think we've covered I think I think we've covered some pretty substantial ground, to be honest. But I will say um, I want to encourage the coaches out there to to not give up, and I want to I want to I want you to rest assured that there's a need for more coaches right now, not less. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling like there's too much competition, if you're feeling like the market is too saturated, it isn't right. Even even with so many people. Uh, getting into fitness coaching uh we still have i think i think it was i think it was uh, 80% of the population still doesn't use the gym so um you know there's still a lot of work to do and there's plenty of room for 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 everyone there's plenty of clients to go around you just have to know how to find your people right everybody has a unique gift in 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 and that is their blend of skills and experience Right. So only one person in the world has your unique blend of experiences, lessons, and skills. And that's you. So use it. Right. There's only one person who's suited to help the people that you're best for helping. And that's you. So f- learn how to find those people instead of just trying to find whoever and then getting discouraged. Think about who you're best suited to help based on what you've been through in your own life. That's good. Yeah, that's good advice. That's good advice. We appreciate it. Michael, we we appreciate you coming on. We, we thank you for giving us some of your time. We, that's a lot of time to give up on, on any given day. So we appreciate it. Thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Really fun. Really great uh, conversation. And I really appreciate you guys giving me the giving me the platform. Thank you. Awesome. Well, you guys go check out Michael. Go see what all, all the great stuff he's offering. If you're still listening to this point, we appreciate you. And we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. All right. Thanks, Michael. Have a good one. Take care, guys.